0: from a chemistry standpoint I, I said this yesterday one of my you know quick thoughts was it really feels like everybody's on the same page i don't know why that is i don't know if that's just everybody's bought in the returning the, the young guys don't know any better the the returning guys are hated 1-15. in 15. Mm-hmm. Urban Myers just that good of a communicator to get everybody on the same page, and I think we do have to give him a little credit there. I mean, that was lacking here in Jacksonville. That was one of the big problems on uh, how you fix the Jags communications, and there was just too many cooks in the kitchen. We didn't know who was running the show, all that stuff. Well, there's no doubt about it. This is all streamlined to one guy, and so I think Urban does deserve credit mm-hmm. for being able to communicate to the players, give the best to the players, preach about how much he's going to give the best to the players, and I think there's so much buy-in right now to the point where even a guy like DJ Chark the other day said, yeah, coach is about to kill us. Yeah. And he did, said it with a smile, you know. And you know, Shaquille yeah. Griffin's like, hey, whatever I got to do to put uh, – this is what I signed up for. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And you don't get that uh, roll of the eyes. There just isn't. Whatever it takes uh, to get better than 1-15. in 15.
1: Yeah, you know, right now this is all on Urban Meyer, right? It's all on Urban Meyer to, to set this tempo, to establish the culture, and and to communicate of what he expects from this team going forward. Eventually, you hope it gets to the point with the guys that you brought in in free agency and some of the guys that were still here, guys like Josh Allen, where Urban Meyer can reciprocate what he's trying to do, You know what his plans are, what the goals are, and they can also get that message across. And by the time, if it's all humming and everything's going right, then those players will be the guys that are getting the message across and not so much Urban Meyer. But you got to start, you know, you got to start anew. And that means that Urban Meyer has to take charge, get the point across. But eventually you hope that you can pass it on to your players and your players can hold other guys accountable as well.
0: At the end of this season, we're talking about James Robinson. And we say, man, he had another good year. This guy's legit. Or "Ah, I thought he would do a little bit more. Which side are you... um, Leaning on
1: how can I pick against James Robinson after last year, you know after a rookie you come in here from a small school? um they trade Leonard Fournette away you know we're we're a little skeptic about that yeah okay we get Doug Marone likes this guy but I mean come on this guy's out of Illinois State I played Illinois State I've said it many times some of the worst fans ever in FCS football they were not very nice to me yeah I'm a little bitter about it and by the way they beat us by like 30 (laughs) but with that being said James Robinson had a, a fantastic rookie campaign really one of the only bright spots of that offense last year really one of the only bright spots of the team last year So, I'm going to buy into James Robinson until he gives me a reason not to. So, I'm all in with him.
0: Yeah, and the reason – I don't think this would have anything to do with Robinson the way people would answer the question, or at least not as much. I I think there's – listen, it's reasonable to say, hey, is he going to have 1,400 yards? Is he going to run the ball the way he did? People prepare for him differently. Is he going to score as much? I I think it's reasonable to say, hey, man, he's going to probably come down a little bit from that because people know who he is now. They got tape on him, all that stuff. I -hmm. I do think that's reasonable. That's not being critical of Robinson. Um, But I thought – I think many people could answer the question like, yeah, I thought he might do a little bit more because of the emergence of ETN, how they use ETN, all those things, I, how that dynamic works. I think it's going to be an awesome dynamic. I think it's a terrific thing for James Robinson, but I might be wrong. It might not. You know, it might not work. The balance of it might not be there. It, it, it might not help James Robinson to go off to the sidelines sometimes instead of just being the guy every, every down. So sure. we have no idea Uh, I think these guys, uh, again, I I think James Robinson still will thrive. I think the big thing here for me is that he's not going to get 93% of the production. And I think that's a good thing from a running back Mm -hmm. because you can stay fresh. uh, You can keep the defense guessing and you're probably better off late in the game um, to keep running downhill and hopefully run out the clock
1: if need be. Well, and this is the thing, too. You know, Urban Meyer has been the guy that's preached speed, 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 explosiveness, and drafting guys like Travis Etienne, they echo that. But there's going to be those games, those close games where it's a physical brand of football. And if you have a James Robinson on your team – when you know, you're going against a defense that's maybe gassed a little bit or that's wore out, you want guys like James Robinson. You, you, you want guys like James Robinson to put the nail in the coffin and say, you guys aren't going to beat us. We're too strong. We're too physical. Um, and, and you know how I feel about it, Brent? You know, you got to win in the trenches. And James Robinson gives you, let's be honest, this offensive line this past season, yeah, there were some things that maybe you, you questioned a little bit, but run blocking wasn't one of them, okay? And James Robinson had a lot to do with mm-hmm. that. So I like the fact that he's still there. I like the fact that he's not traded yet. Now, I get it, the whole Cam Akers thing. I was saying, well, maybe you get a first round or second round. I well, nevertheless, the fact that you have a great combination now of of strength and speed with Travis Etienne it's only going to help you out
0: yeah no doubt and i think uh robinson a couple times out there today i noticed him he caught my eye i think yeah. he looks good he, he looked it. it looked uh even shifty at times so you know again that's easier to do without pads on but mm-hmm. uh thought he looked pretty good out there my conversation with james robinson caught up with him after practice today well hey man i gotta imagine a year ago this time you're, you're sitting here you hadn't hardly been in the building because of covid you're a rookie undrafted guy your head's probably spinning how much more comfortable are you after a year under your belt?
2: Uh, I'm a lot more comfortable. I mean, last year we were just right in it, but we had meetings obviously virtually. And um, I mean, this is way different <laughs> than I'm used to. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's great to be out here with the guys and everything and actually being in a training camp. So,
0: Do you feel like a young guy still? Or do you now feel like a veteran after all the production you had a year ago?
2: Oh yeah, I still, I still feel pretty young. I mean, but I try to play at the highest level I can, so and that's what we're out here for.
0: Did you go home a little bit in the offseason, and what was that like after everybody saw your name, all the fantasy football stuff that you helped people win, probably? What was it like back at home?
2: It was great being back home. I mean, I was away for a while, and uh, it was just great to see everyone, my friends. They came down a couple times, but, I mean, it was months at a time or something like that. But uh, it was great going back and seeing my family and seeing everyone that I, used, that I still know that I haven't talked to in a while, so it was great.
0: You're a humble guy, kind of a quiet guy, but I gotta imagine anywhere you went, it, it kind of felt different than maybe when you were even in high school and in college,
2: right? Oh, it was a lot different. I mean, going back home now compared to like college is way different. I mean, you're everywhere and it's everyone's watching you. So,
0: what are your impressions of, of Urban Meyer and his camp and everything going in with this new regime?
2: Um, just, I mean, I've always heard he's a legend and. The way he coaches is, I mean, you guys can see for yourself, its he's just a great coach, and I can't wait to be, step out on the field with him.
0: How about some of the other new guys? Uh, obviously, Trevor's a big story, looked good out here again mm-hmm. today. I mean, does does he make you go wild sometimes with some of the stuff he does?
2: Oh Yeah, I mean, all of our quarterbacks can throw, especially him, and I mean, it's just great seeing those guys come into here and ready to work and competing at a high level still.
0: Been so much talk about the drafting of ETN, mm-hmm. how much do you welcome the idea that you might be able to go off to the sideline for a play or two <laughs> and, and, and at least maybe not take 93% of the of the workload? I mean,
2: I feel, I mean that's a, it's a good thing. I mean, we'll always have fresh legs and I mean, he's a speed guy and I've been working on my speed. So I mean, just all of the rotations we got going, it's just gonna be nice to have. When you look at this offense on paper or in the film room, I mean, how dynamic does it look? Very, very, very strong. I would say that. I mean, you guys can see what our receivers, our linemen getting stronger, our our backfield and quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, I think when when, uh, September comes, you guys will be wild for sure.
0: I'm not sure if you're a goal guy or not, but what what is your approach coming into this year after what you were able to do last year? Do you say, hey, I got to do that again, I want to do more, or is there a different outlook here in year two?
2: Like um, for me, for myself, I mean, I always think I can do better, and I always want to be consistent in every interview I have. It's me being consistent, and uh, that's what I was doing last year. And this year, I'm just going to try to step it up a couple more levels.
0: Anything specific you worked on in the off-season? Was it speed? Was yes, it?
2: speed yeah, definitely speed. Um, just getting my knee drive higher, and just second-level running. Have you done different things in the past, or was it something that these guys taught um,
0: or how did you, what did you find that worked?
2: Uh, just just working on everything overall. I mean make, My biggest thing when I was coming in was making the first guy miss don't get don't lose yarders that was a big thing last year that they kept uh, talking to me about don't go don't go backwards So that's nothing I worked on during a uh, camp last year And I mean, I yeah, just pretty much worked on everything last year But now that I've been in the league for one year I know what I have to work on so I can focus on that one last one. What's it like to have these fans out here? really for the first time in a mm-hmm. while or probably the first time in your yeah, training my first camp time. life, right? Yeah, it's great to uh, have those fans out there. I mean, it kind of tones down practice, but I mean, in, in your head it does, but I mean, it just makes it easier having them out here. But I mean, when even when they're not out here, it's, it's good, but it's just like, mm, it's different. <laughs>
0: And a great story, of course, uh, being an undrafted free agent. I can only picture him going back up to Illinois and, you know, walking in the grocery store this year compared. And by the way, he had a very successful high school career, like Mm big-time high school career, big-time college career. But this is just different, man. Like I told him, you start helping people win your fantasy league, you know, it's a little bit different. (laughs)
1: all of a sudden cousins start coming out of the woodwork a little more and everything yeah i mean uh, i can't imagine if i'm james robinson i'm going back home to that because let's be honest i mean it's one feat to even make it to the nfl right and as an undrafted free agent that that's more than a reason to celebrate but then to come in and you know rush forward a thousand yards you probably should have been a pro bowler um that's special man and and that changes your entire life so yeah i can only imagine him going
0: back home for that there is something cool about really life but especially in sports, when it's unexpected. Mm -hmm. And so even for the people that can be rooting the heck out of James Robinson and think he's very good and and he's going to make it, yeah, man, you wait until you see. Obviously, you're going to have that hometown feel or the coaches and family. But I'm not sure anybody would have sat there and dialed up the numbers he put up in his rookie season. I, I don't care who you are. I'm not even sure James did that. They, that'd be hard to expect for him to get the amount of touches he got, the amount of workload, the production, and then the results. And so there's just something beautiful in, in sports when it's unexpected like that. You know, you have high hopes mm-hmm. and you're confident in your abilities, but to do it to that degree, uh, like you said, really Pro Bowl year. It was mm-hmm. a Pro Bowl caliber year uh, for James Robinson. A couple things stood out to me talking to James. Speed. Mm-hmm. Can you get faster? Uh, he talked about sec he's talked about knee drive, yeah. but he talked about that second level. I want to make the first guy miss. I did make the first guy miss quite a bit last year. Is For what sure. he's basically saying. Sure, sure. I had a lot of positive plays, but now when I get there, can I turn? a 15 yard run into a 25 yard run or maybe bam to the end zone. Can you so, get
1: faster? So when you hear the word speed, you think of like top end speed in terms of like running the 40 yard dash, right? I think what James Robinson's referring to a little more to be more specific is the acceleration part. Okay. Right. What, what, what makes a running back a great running back in terms of, of like the, the second, you know, the, the second level is the acceleration standpoint. I like, James Robinson, he's not a slow dude. Like, no. I mean, he, he had some nice runs last year. He did. So let's not get that twisted. But I think in terms of increasing the acceleration a little bit now, Obviously, now, you know, you you felt the speed around you. You know, you, you have experience now playing in games. So I think, like, you might see a little bit of an increase now in terms of confidence, obviously, and the ability to make that second-level guy miss.
0: So he maybe didn't work on radar gun speed, but more quickness. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You said you use the word acceleration. I think that's a good word because mm-hmm. you can, bam, be stopped on a dime and then get going quickly again. Correct. Uh, which the greats are so good at, you yeah. know, going zero to 60, bam, just like that. For sure. Uh, the other thing that he said, and I thought it was interesting, a little perspective on last year. He said, Hey, basically, they said, Hey, we don't want, we do not want negative plays. So, whatever you do, don't have negative plays. Well, if you go back and look, and I don't know the numbers in front of me, very few negative plays. Like, I think it was deep into the season where he had like two. Yeah. I I mean, the runs were all falling forward. At the very least, it was three or four yards pushing the pile. He did a terrific job of that. And I think. That's part of his game now. You can work on speed, you can work on acceleration, but
1: don't lose that part of your game. No, because if you can avoid second and twelve, you know that's a big deal uh, for sure. You know, I mean, he he has found, a, and as a rookie, we're talking about last year, he found a nice balance of patience, but also hitting the hole hard. You know, I think with Leonard Fournette, like he was a guy that hit the hole hard, but sometimes we would get at him like, w- "Where's your vision at?" Right, like you actually miss the hole, and it's a negative play. With James Robinson, like he he seemed to find that right balance. And of course, when he gets hit, he's always falling forward because he's a he's a tough type of physical runner. And if you're falling forward, man, well then very rarely do you see negative plays in the backfield. So yeah, the, the Jaguars need more of that. Obviously, when you're talking third and short, uh, fourth and one, where you got to have it, you want a guy like James Robinson who is accustomed to falling forward. Yeah, I'll be interested to see around the goal. I thought it was one of my impressive
0: things about James Robinson's ability to get in the end zone last year, uh, receiving game, rushing game. Mm -hmm. Will ETN take some of that away? Will Mm -hmm. some of these other guys take that away? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't know if uh, – but a guy who runs downhill is going to be used in the red zone. Of course. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> they're going inside the five. They're going to use him in the red zone. Yeah. I thought he did a good job of scoring, though, around the 20-yard line, the 25-yard line. Again, it might have been even a little screen pass that I remember and boom, getting in the end zone. I forget what game that was. I feel like he scored twice. In the, maybe it was the indie game uh, where he snuck in the pile on, you know, after a catch it, right down the sideline for 20-something yards. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if we'll see that as much because I think that might be reserved for the TN Well, but it
1: also begs the question, too, is do you see two running back sets from these, you know, like a pro set? Right. I mean, yeah, because I I always get the comparison. Okay, it's like the next Melvin Ingram, Alvin Kamara. Okay, but Melvin Ingram was never a a A receiver. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. James Robinson showed last year that he is more than capable. Absolutely. Okay, And especially one would assume he's probably improved on last year's skill set. So, yeah, I wonder if we see, you know, both of them in the backfield and both of them being capable to run routes, get open and catch the ball.
0: Well, the big thing here for me, I want to see from James Robinson. I don't think, I think 1,400 yards or all that stuff is going to be a little bit tougher to come by because of ETN and the attention that he'll receive. Mm -hmm. But if he can still deliver and do the things that you expect him to do, move the pile, pick up first down, short yardage situations, pop one here or there, catch the ball out of the backfield, you know, be able to handle it 20-something times a game if need be, those kind of games, I'd be really happy with James Robinson. I'm... I'm rooting for him this year because I don't want that to feel like, ah, well, he did it once. You know, I don't want to have that conversation at the end of the year and going into the next season. Mm -hmm. uh, Because if we have that conversation, then we're probably going to be talking about a little bit of a transition with the drafting of ETN and 25th overall pick. I want these guys to be that one-two punch, that combo. uh, And James Robinson is a huge part of it. I think that's the way it will play out. I think he's going to be very productive this year. Mm -hmm. I I think he's just good. Uh, There's nothing that said last year that this is fluky, you know, uh, that this is a one time thing. He's just good. yeah. And I think they found a diamond, man. No, <laughs> I, mean, well, I mean. And I think that's the way he's going to be. I don't understand he's going to the Hall of Fame, okay? Don't get <laughs> me crazy. Don't go crazy. <laughs> uh, he's going to have to earn that. From yeah, me. yeah, yeah, but I just think he's a good player. I, I think everything about last year screamed
1: that and, and you got to remember too. He was dealing with it with the defense last year that were stacking the box a little bit that yeah. the, 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 the main goal was to stop James Robinson was to stop the Jaguars run game and he still had a successful season. Now if you couple that with an explosive offense with Urban Meyer with Trevor Lawrence with the passing game. One can only imagine how what James Robinson's going to do if that box isn't stacked a little more.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, hey, it's uh, 5 o'clock on a Thursday as we approach the weekend. Here in Jacksonville, football has started. Plenty of reasons to light up the happy hour horde.
2: The islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila. 100% Blue agave, from Tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. It's a
0: celebration! Vida de Luis tequila, locally owned in Jacksonville Beach, all the way from Tequila, Mexico, where you can find a bottle of Vida de Luis. Just go to de and Yeho, Reposado Blanco, Vida de Luis tequila. Check it out, VidaDeLouis.com. Okay, we're going to try this ticket giveaway? You confident? Not, not sure. Not at all. Not confident? Not. <laughs> Should we hold it till tomorrow? Well. We're producing here on the show. Well, we
3: can't really hold them to tomorrow because it might have slipped our mind earlier in the week, so we might already have to double down tomorrow, yep. so we can't Stitch afford on to triple
1: No, the, no. It n- well, the, the concert sells. is Saturday,
0: right? Oh, no, that's the difference. No, that was last yeah. week. That was last week. Yeah. mega tour this yeah. one is the pick your ticket exactly this be uh, like anytime. nine different acts coming you better believe And you it. can check it out espn690.com contest page uh well let's try it <laughs> 904-362-9901 and we're just gonna see if the phone works because some of the systems have been down a little bit with the wi-fi so how about just call, call number one, one. Ooh, jump on it 904-362-9901 Speed dial pick that your thing. ticket And uh, it's a good list of concerts, so uh, give Casey a call right now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Austin will put a bow on the show. i got to go do TV real quick. And we're only here until 545 tonight. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp Doubleheader coming up at 545. Austin's got it the rest of the way. See you out at camp tomorrow. And I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30. Don't forget, uh, First and Ten Training Camp later tonight at 1115 on CBS 47 and Fox 30. We'll be right back.
1: Action Sports, Jacks, ESPN, 690. I'm Austin Lane. Got Casey pushing all the right buttons. Brent Martineau is out for the rest of the day. Keep in mind, a little uh, program. What We're going to leave here a little early today. I think the five, 540, 542, Casey? 542, we'll peace 542. out. 542, we're going to peace out. We're going to let the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp do their thing. Are they home or are they away tonight? I'm not, I didn't follow. I'm not sure. They are in Charlotte for a doubleheader. Okay, with cool. With the Knights. How, how are they looking this year, The the Jumbo Shrimp?
3: Middle of the road, not a bad team. Not okay, a bad team. Cool. Could be
1: worse. Could could be worse. Could be better, but could be worse. I got you. I'm so bummed because you know that they, they played the Nashville Sounds um a few days ago, and then that's the Brewers uh AAA organization. Well, now all of a sudden um a bunch of Brewers players just got oh you know whatever you call it, it's not upgraded, but whatever you call designated, I guess to go to the AAA demoted. Demote. Well, no, because they're coming from injuries. Promoted. Promoted, I guess, designated, whatever the case may be. There's a bunch of, uh, you know, starters, let's just say, that are playing for the, for the sounds now. But unfortunately, just missed out on going to that and checking them out. Something we haven't really talked about tonight, and I feel like nobody's talking about whatsoever, is we have the NBA draft tonight. Now, as I said that, literally, I just said NBA draft and what happens? A loge bomb was released 30 seconds ago. Whoa. And breaking, yeah, this, how crazy is that, Casey? Check this out. So, according to uh, Adrian Wojnarowski, the Lakers are neal, near a deal to acquire Washington's Russell Westbrook for Kyle Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, KCP, uh, we'll call him, and a 2021 first round pick. That's insane. Draft hasn't even started yet, and we're getting Wojnowski bombs. That's a bigger deal than Ben Simmons. That might be a bigger deal than Ben Simmons. I mean, Russell Westbrook, excuse me? How, how do you feel about it? I mean, I mean, obviously right now the Lakers are in must-win-now mode, right? Kyle Kuzma, man, you want know, to talk, talk about a streaky guy who was up and down all season. Montrez Harrell was kind of a guy, and so was KCP. And then the, the first-round pick this year, which I assume can't be that high because they had a decent record. So they're, they're in the middle of the road yeah, for so, sure. So they'd be picking like in the 20s or something. How do you feel about this trade for the Lakers? I mean, my first thought immediately
3: is, how are they going to manage that? Because Russ needs the ball, LeBron needs the ball, AD doesn't need the ball to bring it down the court, but he needs it often, Thank and that's you. been their problem. They haven't given it to him enough. He was hurt last year, but yeah, man, oh man, who? How are they going to deal with that?
1: See, and this is the biggest thing of what we always have these preconceived notions of these super teams, and I'll be honest. If we got Russell Westbrook, who I think put on a pretty good showing, you know, his last playoff run here, still has stuff left in the tank. If you got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, all at full health, super team. All right. We're going to call you a super team. But the problem is, is how is that going to look on the court? On paper, looks fantastic. If if you're playing NBA 2K uh, 22 or 23 coming out, that looks fantastic. It's going to be high rankings. But. If you have Russell Westbrook, who obviously needs the ball in his hands, if you have LeBron James, who is accustomed to bringing the ball down the court, how is that going to mesh? How is that going to gel? I'm reminded a few years ago when we are talking about James Harden and Russell Westbrook. James Harden, the scoring champion, Russell Westbrook, you know, coming off of a a pretty good campaign with Oklahoma City Thunder, that that didn't really gel like you thought it was going to go. Now, they had success, but they didn't win the big one. They didn't go to the finals. Because once again, yeah, it's cool to have great players, great scorers, if you will. But it's all about how do they gel? How do they work together? And I just think, man, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James on the same team. We'll see. We'll see what it looks like. Also, where is your
3: bench now? Oh, very true. I mean, like physically, I don't think you have enough dudes. You got to (laughs) get some random
1: dudes to come play. Well, and isn't that the funny thing, too, is obviously if you're a lakers fan right now you're probably jumping for the heavens because you see the name of russell westbrook paired with lebron james and davis i'm sure if you're a lakers fan right now it's like okay we're back hey brooklyn nets you thought you had a super team check this out can't wait to see in the finals that's what you're thinking right now if you're a lakers fan but lo and behold if the milwaukee bucks taught you anything this this last playoff run here it's you got to have that depth you got to have the bench. You got to have the role player guys. And Casey, it's a fantastic point. No, Kyle Kuzma wasn't blowing the doors off of anybody, neither was Montrez Hiller or KCP, but they could be considered role guys. And, you know, the, those kind of guys that can do everything, do all the dirty work, if you will. Right now, you're, you're front loaded. And if it's taught us anything about being front loaded, ask the Brooklyn Nets last year if you can't stay healthy. Being front loaded means absolutely nothing. And you have Anthony Davis, who's a little injury prone. You have LeBron James, who's had his fair share of injuries. And I think Russell Westbrook, for the most part, has been pretty healthy, all things considered, especially with his playing ability and the way that, you know, his style of play. But man, you're, I get it. You're trying to risk it for the biscuit. You're trying to front load your team. You're getting the stars. We'll see what happens. But it goes to show you, though. I mean, we're literally, I want to say, what, two and a half hours or three hours before the draft starts, and we're already getting big news. It begs the question, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons? Do you think Ben Simmons stays in Philadelphia or do you think he gets traded tonight? Because now I'm not surprised about anything. I thought I thought Westbrook was a shoe in at least another year in Washington. I'm not surprised at anything now. What do you got? Yeah,
3: I I think Simmons now, yeah, all bets are off. Move them. I'm <laughs> for it now.
1: <laughs> all it took was a, little, was a little Russell Westbrook tweet. And now all of a sudden we're talking about Ben Simmons getting moved as well. And let's be honest, you know, this draft coming up here in the next couple hours, it's interesting because to me, it doesn't have all the things that make a a great draft, a great draft. Like number one, the, you know, the, the first team picking is the Detroit Pistons. Now, listen, I grew up a Pistons fan. All right. Shout out to Chauncey Billups. Shout out to Rip Hamilton. Shout out to Ben Wallace, Tayshaun Prince, Rasheed Wallace. That team was fun to watch. You know that the, the, the heck they want a championship with those guys, but I feel like the the Pistons haven't been relevant in a long time So like to me that kind of takes away a little bit of the relevancy Like if we're talking about the Knicks right now picking number one. Well, yeah, it's the New York Knicks right they're, they're, they're It's must see TV when it comes to the draft But we're talking about the Detroit Pistons, you know, I'll be honest that doesn't do a lot for me in terms of viewability now when We talk about the players you know, there is no Zion Williamson this year. At least it doesn't seem like it. You know, Cade Cunningham is is going to be the number one overall pick. You know, the 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 secret is out, right? He's the consensus first overall pick, as he should be. Heck of a point guard. We'll see what he can do. But even that, it seems like, okay, so you got Cade Cunningham. Then you probably got, you know, Jalen Green going number two. And then Evan Mobley going number three. And then probably Jalen Suggs going number four. Like, th- there's really no surprises. Now trades can happen obviously, and it can shake it up a little bit, but there's nothing really like that. That's drawn my attention. I, I think the first thing that comes to mind in terms of what I'll be watching for, what, what I'll be alerting for obviously is the Orlando magic because anytime, you know, a, a team is picking twice in the top 10, well, when you have that kind of draft capital, sometimes crazy things can happen. Sometimes trades can happen. Sometimes you trade up for your guy. Um, I, I know we had South Beach Gary calling a couple of days ago talking about Evan Mobley. I, it, we'll see. But um, I'm very excited for Orlando Magic because this is a team that that has literally taken down the entire base, right? They, they are starting from scratch, from the ground floor. And when you start from the ground floor, your first opportunity to show, Hey, we're moving in the right direction is draft night. So I'm excited for that. You know, I, I, I said it before. Could Ben Simmons be a possibility? I have no idea, but I'm very excited to see where Orlando goes and how they start rebuilding this team and how they start becoming a sense of relevancy again, because listen, a lot of magic, they've had some, you know, they had some decent players. They, you know, that they've had, uh, um, you know, gordon they had their center. I think I don't know where their center went Do you remember where that dude went believe, believe chicago Ch- chicago? Okay, um They've had their fair share of players But in terms of being relevant and yes, I know they've been to the playoffs and all this stuff, but in terms of relevancy Orlando just hasn't been a team that scared you. It seems like the past. I don't know two decades uh, And and maybe it goes even farther back than that. So that'll be something great to watch And obviously, when we talk about the NBA draft, it it is all about the trades. And this is another reason why it it almost makes for, I don't want to say a negative viewing experience, but for instance, like, let's assume right now that Cleveland takes Evan Mobley at number three, center from USC. It it, it should happen. But we don't know if Evan Mobley is going to be in Cleveland then. Because just because you draft somebody doesn't mean that guy's going to be there, you know, and he's going to get traded later that night. Like, only in the sport of basketball can you draft somebody and then trade them the same night. We don't see that in football. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you're watching the NFL draft? And, you know, okay, let's say your, your team gets the first round. Or okay, you like him, you like him. And all of a sudden, Mel Kuyper and Tom McShay hold up, hold up. We got a trade alert. Excuse me? You're trading your first-round pick away? I feel like only in baseball can this happen. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, Casey. Maybe it happens in baseball because there's like 50 rounds, it seems like, from the NHL. But basketball is such a weird sport where it's like if you're a fan of the team, and let's be honest, usually if your team's picking one, two, or three, they're probably going to keep those picks. But let's say that, you know, you're a, let's say that you're a Warriors fan, right? And you're picking at pick number 14. Let's say you take a guy like, I don't know, Jalen Johnson out of Duke. You don't know if Jalen Johnson is going to be at the end of the night or not. And if you're Jalen Johnson, you don't know if you're going to go and stay until the end of the night or maybe even the next day. It's got to be so stressful being a guy that gets picked, you know, after the top eight, let's just say, where it's like, all right, I'm putting on my team hat. I'm going back. I'm making phone calls to my family. I'm going on, you know, Zillow or whatever to try to find a place to live. And I'll send 10 minutes later, agents calling you saying, hey, hey just guess, guess what? You got traded across the country. You're actually going to the West Coast now. Hope you enjoyed the East Coast. That's how crazy the NBA draft can be. And it makes it fun, but it also makes it like, man, it, it can be a little overkill sometimes. And you definitely feel uh, for, for some of these athletes as well. Case, you watch the NBA draft tonight or you're not much of an NBA draft guy?
3: I'll watch it because I'm interested just in what happened. I want to see the trades, man, to be yeah. honest with you.
1: And then that's what it's all about, really. Right? Like, and once again, I'm not taking anything away from you know guys like Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green, um, you know Jalen Suggs out of Gonzaga, or even Scotty Barnes, heck out of Florida State. And keep in mind too, Scotty Barnes is slotted to go number five uh, to Orlando. So that you know that'll be a name to obviously keep a, a line, uh, an eye on, an eye on the little local tie there. But when we talk about like you know these players coming in right away and making that big of a difference, I really don't know. Like I I, I don't sense a John Morant. I don't sense I'm um, a Zion Williamson, but like Casey was saying in terms of trades, in terms of woge bombs, I'm all in. Well, it's like I said, we have a little bit of a program change here today. We got the Jacksonville uh, jumbo shrimp coming up as they're taking on. You said Charlotte, right, Casey? They're in Charlotte today, but we're going to be programming that.
3: Yeah, but before we get to that, what do you got? Let's talk some fishing with Rick Riles.
1: Oh, we got Rick Riles, too, on the phone. Rick Riles, how are we doing today? Captain Rick. Austin, I'm doing good. I've got a question
4: for you. When did when did the NBA, when when I grew up, it was the Pistons of the bad boys and Lambeer and Zeke and that group. When when did they kind of fall out of mainstream? I feel like the NBA is not nearly as relevant to the general viewing public as it used to be.
1: Man, you know, you aren't wrong. I think, you know. I think James put him back on the map a little bit with King James because you wanted to see that guy, what he had to offer. You got this kid coming out of high school, this this once-in-a-generational talent. I think that got some eyes on it. You had guys like Kobe Bryant that was like must-see TV. But you're not wrong. And and you know what? I'll be honest with you, Rick. I think the parody now um, is so crazy in the NBA that it's just – on any given season, you have teams like the Milwaukee Bucks or the Toronto Raptors that can win an NBA championship. And I, I feel like you didn't I, have that back in the day.
4: I almost think it may have peaked with Lakers-Celtics and then uh, uh, and the bad boys after that, maybe. I, I think that was kind of the highlight of it. But anyway, let's talk fishing, something I know a little bit more about. And you know what? For the end of July, it is pretty darn good. There's lots of kingfish around. The problem is there's lots of sharks following them. Gosh, I talked to one of the um, boats yesterday from Team Buck Rogers. They hooked nine kings. The sharks ate seven of them. Um, It's just become an incredible nuisance around here. What's happened, Austin, the sharks have learned what fishing boats are all about, and they follow them, and they just wait for them to hook a nice mackerel or something, and then it's an easy meal for them. So I don't know what the end result's going to be, but somehow we're going to have to get sharks back under control. Now, inshore, the flounder fishing – Best I've ever seen it for this time of year. I've never seen a July. I caught a six-pounder off my dock night before last, and I've never seen a July before that had the size flounder that I've been seeing. I've seen lots of guys with fours, fives, and sixes lately, and that's really, really good. Our weather looks good for this weekend. The King Buster and the Fernandina Beach uh, Kingfish tournament will be going on this weekend. Going to be a lot of boats on the water. Looks like a good weekend for it. We'll be back to wrap it up for the week tomorrow with another fishing report. Austin, I've got a group of uh, wounded warriors fishing with me tomorrow, so if uh, if I'm a little late, forgive me, but uh, we'll bring you another report brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing.
1: Captain Rick, man, hey, we always have time for you, and nobody talks a bed. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Thank you, Austin. And I think that that's our cue case, too. I think we're out of here, right, man? We got the jumbo shrimp coming up. Now we can slide out of the shrimp. Now we're sliding out of the shrimp, man. You know, we had to close it off with Captain Rick, and I got no issues with that whatsoever, man. That, that guy can talk some mean game. I guess sharks are a thing now. That's terrifying. Fish. That yeah. sharks have figured out hey, to follow the boat. If I needed any more incentive not to go on a fishing boat, that was it right there. Shout out to Captain Rick uh, for, for confirming what I already know. The ocean can be a crazy place. All right, for Casey pushing all the right buttons, for Brent Martineau, I'm Austin Lane. Day three tomorrow of Jaguars training camp. We'll have all the information, what we saw, the observations. Have a great night. Stay casual. Be safe. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace.